Hi there. Welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. We're so happy that you tuned in. Please join us today as we continue our series through the book of Matthew. Thanks for joining us online for our Branch Christmas series. We're so glad that you've joined us and we prayed that God would use this series in your life in a special way. If this is your first time joining us or if you join us every time, we'd love to hear from you. So don't forget to fill out your online connection card. You can find that at branchlife.church. Also on our website, you can find all kinds of information about what we're currently teaching on. And if you're ready to join us in person, we'd love to invite you. If you fill out your connection card for the first time, we have a gift for you, a Matthew journal that we will send out to you. Uh, Just don't forget to fill out that card. We're going to jump into this special series all about the different lights of Christmas, and we know God has a special message just for you. So thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this teaching. into our Christmas light series. We're talking about light coming into the darkness, and this is week three in this series. So this will be the third light of Christmas that we're going to be talking about together. We're going to do this again at Christmas Eve, and then again next Sunday. So I want you to make sure that you join us. We have one more gift that we want to give you. If this is your first time with us, we're particularly glad that you've joined us today, whether you're watching the live stream or whether you're in person. And if you fill out that connection card, or even if you just ask for one down at the Connection Center, we have a gift for you for joining us today. It's one of our Matthew journals, the book that we'll be studying as we jump into next year. Uh, When we get into our next series, which our next series is called Asking for a Friend. If you could ask God any question, what would you ask him? And uh, as people ask God and ask Jesus questions in the book of Matthew, and we're going to look at seven questions that people were asking for a friend uh, when they talked to Jesus. So you're not going to want to miss that in January. But today we're jumping into this series uh, called Christmas Light. And of course, being Christmas Sunday, we've got to talk about the most powerful light that showed up in Christmas. We've talked about the starlight and how spectacular that was. And what a huge difference it made. And then last week we talked about the angel light. Angels themselves don't glow in the dark. 
but the glory of the Lord shines through these angels in God's word. And that kind of transforms everything if God's glory is actually showing up as light in this world. And today we're going to be talking about the most powerful light, the brightest light that there could possibly be. But did you know that darkness always comes first? How, how many of you were awake at 12.01 last night? How many of you were awake? Was it dark outside or light outside? Right? So, at so when it, the day turns over and it goes from p.m. to a.m., at the beginning of every day, is it dark out or is it light out? It's dark, unless you're in Alaska. But it starts dark. And the, the darkness, especially it feels like the midnight darkness, it's just as dark as it can possibly be. The darkness makes it possible for the sunrise to be spectacular. I mean, if you think about it, if there was no darkness, then really, what would the sunrise do? Why would it matter? And there's beauty in the different colors that happen as the sun rises. And the sunrise brings this light over our day that started out dark, that now changes everything. It warms it up. It helps us to be able to see. And we're able to move forward with our day in a better way because the light came in the darkness. In the Bible, twice, the story starts with these words, in the beginning. Two times that comes up, and in both, both sections of the Bible where that phrase appears, it's talking about a new beginning or a new light that's now coming into the darkness. Most of us know the first time that this is mentioned in the Bible. So if you take your Bible and you go right to the first page, right, Genesis, when, when actually the gods were after the list of books and the dedications, you go to Genesis chapter 1, right, the first book of the Bible, Genesis all about beginnings, right, Genesis chapter 1, what's it say? In the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and, and listen to this, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Have you ever thought about that phrase? Darkness was over not the earth, darkness was over not the universe, darkness was over the face of the deep. There was nothing. It was just darkness after darkness. And this in the beginning is not once upon a time, there was no time yet. This is in the beginning, before there was time. What was there? Darkness. And the Bible talks about this moment then in Genesis chapter 1. God then says, let there be what? Light. And there was light. And God saw the light and that it was good. Did you know that in the very beginning of the word of God, in the very beginning of time, the first thing that God introduces us to is light. And literally the sun and the stars and the moon was born. And this planet and the life that we have wouldn't exist without sunlight. You must have light to live, period. Every living organism depends on this light. And in the darkness, it was the, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. So, what about the second time this comes up? 
We all know the story of the earth. We all live on it. We all know how things are going, right? In the beginning, there was darkness. And God said, let there be light. And he saw the light. It was good. He gave us life. He breathed breath into the life of men. And now we're walking around on this planet. And I don't know about you, but for me, it feels kind of dark sometimes. It feels kind of, kind of difficult to, to navigate all of the anger, all of the hate, all the confusion, all of the terror, all of the sickness, all of the disasters. Why should we have to be giving away 300 food boxes? Why can't there be enough food for everyone? How come there has to be addiction that overtakes our, our lives, our friends, our family, our loved ones? Why does there have to be death and disease? How come there's natural disasters where tornadoes stay on the ground for over 200 miles, wiping out whole towns? And this, this year, this particular year, it's particularly heavy as we've droned on and on and on with this pandemic and the talk about the rules and trying to navigate the changes and it's just dark. And one of the things that we think about in this moment and one of the, the, the dreams that we have is what if in this day, what if this Christmas there was just a little more light? What if there was just a little more hope? How many of your friends and family are in a hopeless mindset? What if there was a little bit more kindness? What if there was just a little bit more grace? What if there was a little bit more love? What if there was just a little bit more joy? Where would those essentials for living come from? Well, they would all come from light but not the same light that was created in genesis chapter one a light that is greater than the sun a light that burns brighter and gives a, a, a lasting life that will that will go on and on and on for all eternity and have no end and so by design the bible starts in genesis chapter one with the story of us and then it transitions to a brand new beginning. So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 1. J Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the beginning of the New Testament, all tell the exact same story. And it's a biography, the life story of Jesus, baby Jesus, the same one we sing about, the same one we celebrate here on this Christmas week. The reason for the season, as some would say. And in the Gospel of John, arguably one of our favorite Gospels or one of the favorite books of the Bible, John, the, the one who was dearest and nearest to Jesus' heart, he starts his book, he starts his letters uh, to all of us with this same phrase. John chapter 1, verse 1. Are your eyeballs there? It says this, in the what? Beginning. Same opening sentence. John is making a connection with the launching of the world, the giving of life and light now to a brand new moment. There's a part two. There's a second life that is coming. The physical world has been created. Now there comes answers to our spiritual need. You see, the world that God created broke. It broke because of sin. It broke because of Satan. And that brokenness has traveled through and the darkness has re-entered the world. But now John is coming, the bearer of good news and great joy, to say that in the beginning, 
something's going to now change forever. He's going to point us to the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Sun, moon, stars, people, you, me, animals, grass, flowers, music. And in Him was life, and life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He's now introducing us to a second light source, and in the next 14 verses, over nine different times, John is going to talk about light. In the beginning, the Word came, and the Word brought life and light. What is the most powerful light source ever known to mankind? Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Amen? And in John chapter 1, this beautifully poetic opening to the story of Jesus now introduces us to a new beginning that we all have. What if Jesus is that little bit of love? What if Jesus is that little bit of kindness? What if Jesus is that grace? What if Jesus is that joy that our world needs today? So we look at these incredible verses. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and He was in the beginning. All things were made through Him. Not anything was made that was made. In Him was life. And life was the light of men. And here it goes. The light shines in the darkness. Whatever you're facing, whatever hardship, whatever challenge, whatever fear, whatever anxiety, whatever addiction, whatever pain, whatever moment of despair, God is sending you light that will shine in that darkness. And the darkness will not overcome it. There's a reason that the Christmas season is called a season of hope. It's because Jesus brings us hope. And as you travel into this week, we think about the hope that Jesus gives us. And if Jesus came into the world in the beginning, if Jesus as God was actually born as a person and he walked on this planet, then shouldn't the world around him been a little bit brighter? And what we want to look at today very quickly is we want to look at three things that happen when the light of Jesus shines in the darkness. I mean, did he actually prove that he was the light of the world? And can the, this baby that was born 2,000 years ago bring light into my life today? We're going to back and forth from John chapter 1 to Luke chapter 5. So turn to Luke chapter 5, stick your pinky in it, and just kind of hold those two places. And I hope that this back and forth journey that we take to Jesus' day and to our day and to the beginning and to now will bring to you just incredible songs that will lift up your soul. And whether you're on a spiritual journey uh, considering Jesus, maybe today Jesus will speak to you in a new way and lead you to himself. There is joy when you decide to become a follower of Jesus when you become saved and if you already know Jesus there's a there's a new hope or there's a reconnection that God has for you that maybe will take you deeper in your faith with him than ever before and we're going to talk about that in just a moment but here are three things that happen when light shines in the darkness the first one is our mess is made clean I have a twin brother and I kept my side of the room clean, and he did not. Now, if you believe that one, I'm going to tell you another story. 
You should see my bedroom now. My half of the bedroom super clean. My wife's half of the bedroom is, you believe that one? I'll tell you another one, right? There's a mess. And, and when I have a mess in my room and I try to get up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, I, can't, I, can't, I seem to have to go to the bathroom earlier and earlier every, every year, and I have to get up and I go, I, I, I'm tripping over my sweaters and my shoes and the pillows that used to decorate the bed are now on the floor. It gets really hard to see. And if I actually want to clean up my mess, what do I have to do? I've got to turn on my iPhone. I've got to shine the light so I can pick up the pillow so I can, right, our, our mess gets clean. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Now, how many of you have something that's a mess in your life? I'm not just talking about a dirty room. How many of you have a relationship that's just disaster city? How many, how many of you have, a, have, a, have a, a, a financial mess? How many of you have a legal mess that you're involved in? How many of you have, have a mess that's connected to addiction? How many of you have a mess of, of time management or, or have a mess of trying overworked or overstressed? How many of you have like an emotional mess going on inside your brain? You're just like, I just can't get this straightened out. When light shines in the darkness, it cleans up our mess. Now, in Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles there, Luke chapter 5, uh, there's a story of one of the greatest messes known to us in, in the Bible. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus meets for the first time uh, a man with leprosy in chronological order of this book. And listen to this. While Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, leprosy is like, well, it's ancient COVID. The way that these lepers are treated is the way we treat people with COVID today. I'm not lying. They had to be quarantined. They had to be shipped out. They couldn't breathe on anyone. They couldn't be touched by anyone. You couldn't go near them. They had to see special doctors to be diagnosed. And if they ever assumed that they had been cleansed, which none of it never happened, then they had to prove it by going back. to. They had to get a negative test in order to go back into society. Leprosy was this disease of shunning. And it was so contagious. And like we've experienced in a brand new way, trying to explain the story of lepers like two years ago was, was not relatable. Now it's totally relatable. They were outcasts. They suffered alone and in silence, disconnected from all their families, and they died that way. And these lepers, when they would enter back into society, there would be a wide swath they would be given. They were marked... By, by, uh, by tattoos or by writings that they couldn't erase. And if you were known as a leopard, no business was done with that person. You were considered an outcast. Why? Because you were literally putting the town's life in danger. And so a leper walks up to Jesus, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me, what? what's the word? Clean. You can clean up my mess. You can take what's unclean and make it clean. And this next line is mind-blowing. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. You don't touch lepers. All of the other disciples, all the other followers had backed away when they saw a leper. And Jesus leaned forward. We have a modern-day Jesus in our church right now. And his name is Rick Geist. How many of you know Rick? 
Is he here? I don't know if he's here. Rick's amazing. Rick has shown up at every food packing, at every one of the box deliveries. They serve like crazy. They love Jesus. You need to know Rick if you don't know Rick. Rick, and I don't know how old Rick is. I'm going to peg him in like his 110s or something like that. Rick was out there on Friday carrying handfuls of turkeys and boxes of food and just doing all kinds of stuff and throwing them in cars. And he was doing his thing yesterday when a car pulled up, and Rick didn't know this because he was busy, a car pulled up that had a lady in it who actively had COVID. And there was two kids in the car. And so she came to the line and she appropriately kept her distance and she said to the coordinators, I I have COVID, what I want you to do is just could you, I'm going to park over here away from everyone, just put the food down next to my car, go away, I'm going to come out, I'm going to pick up the food, I'm going to put it in my own car, we won't touch each other, we won't breathe on each other, and then I'm going to drive away. And, and so she pulled up and the registrar lady said to all of us outside, she has COVID, put the food down and step away. And you should have seen us all. We were all like, oh yeah, okay, all right, okay, oh hey, oh. Don't go near that one. Black plague. Stay away. And we all backed away. Well, Rick's minding his own business. He didn't hear any of this. She gets out of the car, and she starts loading her own turkeys in her own box. It's heavy. And Rick turns around from the turkey area and is like, not going to have this. Somebody help that lady. Put that stuff in the car. It's too heavy for her. So he comes charging over, and he's going to lean over, and we're all like, Rick, don't go. Rick, don't do it. Rick, stop. He runs over, and he's like just dumbfounded that none of us young people are helping this poor woman put this stuff in the bag, and it's all like slow motion. We're like, no, you know, someone's diving in front, and literally he's going over to lean over, and we grabbed him by the shoulders, and we pulled him back, but he was reaching for it. It was this moment. Where all of us didn't want anything to do with her. He was going to go in and he was going to help her. And he was going to put his hands on her. And he was going to make sure that she had what she needed. He was literally bringing light into that situation. He had the heart of Jesus. And what we do when we have the light of Jesus is we on purpose take it into the dark places in this world. And Jesus came into this leper's life and he reached out and he touched him. And he said, be healed. And the Bible says that it worked. In verse chapter 13, when he stretched out his hand, he touched him. He said, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him not to tell anyone, but to go show himself to the priest. Get the negative COVID test like it's been commanded. And now go back and report. And it went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him because he healed infirmities. When Jesus came into the world, it changed the world. And Jesus' light cleans up our dirty mess. Now, if we try to clean up our dirty mess, we're not going to get that far. As a matter of fact, I'll kind of put it this way. No matter how hard we try, we can't fix our own messes. But thankfully, there's someone who can. If you think about, just let's think about the earth's trash problem. Did you know that there is a pile of trash that's floating in the Atlantic, uh, Atlantic Ocean, Pacific, I think it's both the oceans, that's like as big as a state. Plastics and junk and, and all this kind of stuff. That's in there. Everyone's trying to figure out how to clean it up, but it's so massive, it's so big that no one knows how to clean it up. 
We're, we're literally digging, digging trash mounds. China has start, stopped accepting our plastic because it's too much. We don't know what to do with our trash. We can't clean up our own mess. But when it comes to like something worse than that, like, like disasters in Haiti, where, where Haiti's just falling apart and the government's falling apart and now there's earthquakes and there's, there's tsunamis and there's floods and there's mudslides and if you go down there to help, you might get taken captive and, and be ransomed off for millions of dollars and, and there's, there's problems. How are we gonna, We can't fix our own mess. And if it's not Haiti, it's going to be Afghanistan. If it's not Afghanistan, it's going to be China. And there's a political mess all around this world. And right when some, some country gets it together, then the next one falls apart. We can't stop wars. We've already had two world wars. There's been a bunch of wars before that. We can't stop evil. Terrorism keeps taking place in this world. People keep doing suicide bombs on, and, and walking into markets and hospitals. There's, there's trafficking that's happening all over this world. And no matter how hard we try as a culture and as a civilization, as an organization, we can't stop it. We can't clean up this mess. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Here's, here's the principle of it all. We're not the light. Humanity is the darkness. We need the light. And when Jesus comes into the world, he's the one that fixes our mess. And if you're in the middle of a mess and you've been trying to clean it up on your own, it's not going to work. You're only going to go as far as is humanly possible, and that's not far enough. You need divine intervention. Stop running after the things of this world and run after Jesus and watch his light come into the darkness and care for your mess. That's the amazing thing about this light. Now, in John chapter 1, we're going to move forward. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. I got something to tell you. And that, that people would believe through him. He was not the light, right? We're not the light. But he came to bear witness about the light. He came to tell people about Jesus. Here's the second thing that happens when light shines. The broken are brought to be healed. The broken are brought to be healed. John the Baptist is out in the wilderness saying, you need to come to Jesus, have your sins forgiven, repent, because the Savior of the world is coming, and the Lamb of God is here, and he points to the person of Jesus. And then Jesus lands on the planet, and the same witness takes place back into Luke chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, we see another story, and this is the story of the paralyzed man. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, on one of those days, this is right after the leprosy, when he was teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there, and they had come from every village in Galilee and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with them to heal. And behold, some men were bringing a, a bed with a man in it who was paralyzed, seeking to lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to him, because there was a crowd, they went up to the roof, and they let the bed down through the roof into the midst of the people where Jesus was. And when he saw his faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began saying, who is this that speaks blasphemy? In this incredible moment, there were people that believed in Jesus so much that they had a friend who was paralyzed, and you know what they said to their friend? You need Jesus. You need Jesus because there's nothing humanly possible that we can do for you. You're broken, and you need Jesus, and now we're going to take you to him. But there was such a big crowd that they didn't know what to do, so they went to the roof of the house where Jesus was, and they broke it. They broke the roof. They tore a hole in it. 
And they lowered him down through the broken roof. If I'm the homeowner, I'm first like, why are all these people messing up with my house? Don't eat that. Keep that switch off over there. Why is someone putting a hole in my roof? And they drop him at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus sees the paralyzed man. And he heals his brokenness in that moment. Here's here's what's incredible about that. If you have the light, you share the light. It's, It's absolutely the thing that we're going to do. Because what our world needs most of all, what our broken and dark world needs, is the light of Jesus. And here's what happens when the light shines. Would you, Christian, would you make a scene to bring your friend to Jesus? Would you make a scene? I heard a pastor ask this question this week. To bring a friend to Jesus. Or are you too embarrassed? Or would you not want to like, politics and religion is kind of taboo, so we're not going to talk about it. Would you do whatever it takes to introduce your friend to Jesus? And if the answer is no, then my question is, you might not know the light. Because once you see the light, what we have to do is get everybody to the light. Remember Peter last week? His boat was filled with fish. He loved fish. All he cared about was catching fish. But when Jesus filled the boat with fish, he didn't care about fish anymore. And Jesus said to him, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And he said, all right, see a fish. I'm going after people. And I'm going to bring people to the light of Jesus. We exist as Christians to make disciples. That's the instructions that Jesus gave. Why would he tell us to do such things? Because in a dark world, what they need most is the light. And so we make a scene. We make it a big deal. We use our words to tell people about Jesus. We give away food boxes so that we can build relationships in our neighbors about Jesus. We, we shout it from our Facebook Messenger posts. Or we tweet it all around. We, go. we celebrate Jesus in our lives and in our homes and in our families. We pray for, to Jesus and we talk to people about Jesus because when we see the light, we bring broken people to be healed by Jesus. That is the natural response to the light. So, Christian, how have you been doing in helping other people see this Jesus? Have you been praying for your one? Have you been investing in your one? Have you been inviting your one? How many invitations have you sent out for Christmas Eve? I don't, I don't, I don't say that to try to get more people here. I say that because this is one of the greatest opportunities that we have and one of the easiest things we can do to bring people to the, to the light. And have you taken advantage of it? Have you handed out one, two, three cards? Have you texted a friend? Have you prayed about, God, show me who I can love this season? Who can I give a gift to? Who can I send an encouragement to? Who can I share the love of Jesus with? Have you thought about others at all in this moment? And honestly, truly, if that's a struggle for you, then I want you to, I want you to ask yourself, am I depending on the light myself? Because once you know the light, you bring broken and healed people to Jesus. It goes on. In John chapter 1, verse 19, it says this, Then the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Maybe, maybe the reason you're struggling telling other people about Jesus is maybe, maybe you haven't quite yet received him. Maybe you don't quite yet understand all that it is that Jesus is providing for you, and you haven't yet become passionate about your relationship with God. Maybe your relationship with God is just beginning, and this is an ongoing issue that Jesus comes into the world to his own, and his own don't get it. They don't understand it. 
And it says then, but to all who did receive him, all who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood. This isn't the creation of the world. This is the bringing in of spiritual rebirth, but of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, it's appointed unto man once to die, right? And we are born of the flesh and we die in the flesh. But if we become born again, then we will never die and we will live a life everlasting. That's what the light of the world brings to us. He brings us this third opportunity when light shines in the darkness, sinners become sons and daughters of the king. When light shines in the darkness, sinners become sons and daughters of the king. And this is our last and final story. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 27. He goes from the leper to the paralyzed man, now to, to Matthew. And we've been looking at the life of Matthew, this tax collector, as we've been studying this book together. Listen to John's accounting of Matthew's conversion. In verse 27, after this, he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi, we know him as Matthew, sitting at the, tech, the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. This is, this is the mind-blowing part. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. This dirty, rotten, thieving, good-for-nothing tax collector was called by Jesus to become a follower of Jesus, and he did, totally transforming his life. Jesus is in the business of calling sinners to a saving knowledge of him. Jesus loves broken people. He loves hurting people. He cares about them. He's given all of the sinners of this world the opportunity to know him. Look, at, look what happens when the story goes on. In verse 29, the tax collector who was rich because he stole from his neighbors, and Levi made him, Jesus, a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax, of other sinners, all reclining at the table with Jesus. And the Pharisees, the religious people, the good people, and the scribes, we're crumbling, we're grumbling at the disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but I have come to bring sinners to repentance. You see, the sinful thieves got it. They turned their lives over and they followed Jesus. The religious elite didn't get it. And they celebrated all the holidays. They celebrated all the feasts. They knew all the words from the important spiritual books. They did good and pious things. And they were depending on them, themselves, and their works for their salvation. They were depending on their knowledge and their holiness and their righteousness. If you think giving out boxes of food is going to save you, you are wrong. If you think going to a church service is going to save you, you are wrong. If you think that you, you uh, saying a nice prayer or getting baptized is going to save you, you are wrong. Salvation is not something that we earn in any way, shape, or form. Salvation is something that we receive by the grace and the goodness of God. We are in a dark place and he gives us the light. When we receive the light, it then transforms us completely from sinner to saint, 
from someone who's lost to someone who's found, from someone who's dead to someone who's alive. And Jesus then, God becomes our father and we become prince and princesses in his kingdom. And then our lives are given to him no matter what. And religion is not what saves anyone. A relationship with Jesus saves everyone. You see, there's, there's a lot of people out there that think they know God. And they think that knowing more about God causes us to have a deeper faith in God. And if you're here this Christmas week and you're asking yourself the question, how can I know God more? How, how can I go deeper in my faith than I have ever, how can I see this light? How can I experience this light? Let me, let me just give you this instruction and I want to demonstrate it for you. Breath of knowledge is not depth of faith. Breath of knowledge is not depth of faith. In other words, knowing all there is to know about the deepest theologies and the, the most organized philosophies of this world and knowing all about God is not enough and that does not equal a deep faith. Yet there are many of us out there that are pursuing an intellectual knowledge of God or we're pursuing a, a relationship with God that is just surface and we never go deeper. And there is such a deeper faith that is available to you if you would allow God to transform not just what you know about him, but who you are and then what you do. You see, do is the deepest. Do is the deepest faith that we can possibly have. And let me kind of explain this. If you think you know God, but it doesn't change what happens with your hands, then you don't really, truly know God. Once you know someone and it changes who you are, it then changes what you do. And we have to actively be transforming our lives not just our knowledge when it comes to God. Well, how do we get to do? How does it change where we are on Sundays, the songs that we sing, the choices that we make, the, the way that we love God and love our neighbors, the way that we interact in the broken relationships, the way that we reach out to the, to the sick and the needy of this world? Well, as you go deeper in do, you, you do what God has called you to do because he has changed your being. He has actually changed your heart and who you are. You see, all of us, at some moment, were introduced to God. And maybe for you, that moment has been today. Maybe we've talked to you about the Word becoming flesh, Jesus being born. Maybe you've heard the story of God all your life and you've known about Him. You see, if you want to go deeper in your faith, it has to go from knowledge to being to doing. Do you share Jesus with the lost? If the answer is no, your faith has not gone deep. Do you overcome those spiritual battles in your life? Those vices and those addictions and those, those returns to sinful behavior. If that has not changed in your life, then your faith has not gone deep enough. Do you love to worship God and sing songs? Can you just... Can you not wait until the family of God gets together so you can read God's word, so you can pray together? If you're not doing that, then your faith has not gone deep enough. If you aren't doing what God has called you to do, maybe you've got to address your heart. Maybe you've got to address accepting Jesus or living fully for him or pulling all the other. There is something else that has your heart. 
if you're struggling doing what God has called you to do and to live the way you've been asked to live. So maybe the, the issue is the heart. Maybe you're in love with sin. Maybe you're in love with stuff. Maybe you're in love with status. Maybe you're in love with life. But if it's anything but God, he doesn't have your heart. And it's got to be more than just knowing and knowledge. And here's, here's the thing. If you're stuck with just knowing God, it's a very proud place to be. You see, it has to go from our head to our hearts to our hands. It has to go from our head to our hearts to our hands. When the light shines in the darkness, it changes what you think, who you are, and what you do. And when that happens, it transforms you from someone who thinks about yourself to someone who thinks about others. You see, if religion is just head knowledge to you, it's all about you. It's all about what you know. And you can actually become a very proud and stuck-up person. You can become judgmental. You can become aggressive, and you can think, if I, I have all the right answers about God, I know all the theology, I know all the Bible verses, I, 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 I. But if you humble yourself and you realize that there is no way, humanly speaking, we can know the great mystery of who God is. We just humbly fall on our face, as Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. God, I've got nothing. I know nothing. I just need to be filled by you. I can't save myself. I can't clean my mess. I can't fix my brokenness. I need to depend solely on you. When we realize it's not what I know, but it's who I know, then God transforms us. And he saves us by grace and he changes our being. And then our hearts become concerned passionately for our neighbors. And it becomes about helping other people know and see and feel the love of Jesus. And if you're having trouble thinking about other people, then it's got to be addressed in your heart. And here's the truth about this pandemic. The pandemic has really revealed where our faith was for many of us. You see, the pandemic took away the stuff that we normally do. The pandemic caused us to stay away from our communities. And some of us really became all focused about me, my opinions, my political beliefs, my understanding of the science. Me, 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 me. And in this moment, if it became all about us and we started forgetting about other people, the pandemic realized that maybe we don't have a pandemic problem, maybe we have a heart problem. Maybe we're not relying on Jesus, maybe we're relying on a government. Maybe we're not relying on Jesus, maybe we're relying on science. Maybe we're just relying on knowledge and we have to rely on our heart. Listen, Jesus, the light of the world, is inviting you into a deep relationship and when it goes from your head to your heart to your hands, you then have access to this unspeakable joy. And it is the only way you will experience true peace and true joy. And if you want to get out of the drama hamster wheel of the relationships and the gossip and the ups and downs, just give it to Jesus and connect with him and worship him and follow him and feel the joy that it gives. If you're in a hard space, if you're in a broken space, if you're in a space where you don't know where you're going to go next, give it to Jesus. Let him transform your heart. Let him transform what you do and follow him with your life and experience the joy that he gives. This Christmas season, what we need is a little bit more Jesus. Because we need more light, we need more joy, we need more peace, we need more hope in this world. Now, here's the truth of the day. 
You are the unclean, broken sinner who Jesus wants to feast with. You are the broken, unclean sinner that Jesus died for. He came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Here's the message. God loves you. No matter how far you are, no matter how many times you've broken up, uh, broken, uh, uh, how broken you are, no matter how many times you've walked away from him, no matter how many times you've pushed against him, God loves you. And he wants to feast with you. He wants to, to walk with you. And he wants to give you joy that will last forever. In John chapter 1, verse 8, here's a cool Christmas verse that you might not know. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only son from the Father. The leper saw his glory. The paralyzed man and his friends saw his glory. Matthew saw his glory, and you can see that same glory full of grace and truth. The angel came and said, fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy that will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Two questions for you today as we close on this Christmas Sunday. One, have you ever put your own personal faith in Jesus Christ? Have you given him your heart, not just your head? Have you given him your life, not just a prayer? Have you, have you come to this point where you said, I don't know if I'm saved, but today I want to know for sure if I'm saved. If that's you, if today you want to decide to follow Jesus, then I want to invite you into a personal relationship with Jesus. And there's a couple things that you can do to do that. I'm not going to um, point you out. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than think this through. If you're ready to accept Jesus right here, right now, I'm going to pray a prayer silently, and I want to encourage you to pray the spirit of that prayer. If you have more questions about it, I want to send you to our gospel tab at branchlife.church so you can read it over. And think about it at another time. But if you're ready to accept Jesus in this moment, simply right now, in the quietness of your heart, say to God, God, I know I'm broken. I know I'm a mess. I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. And I want to accept the light of Jesus into my dark heart. I want to follow Jesus. I want to become a child of God. Today, I decide to follow Jesus. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to die on the cross and raise, raise again from the dead for me. And today, if that's your story, we would love to celebrate that with you. You can let us know by filling out your connection card or through this tab that today, for the first time, you've decided to follow Jesus. And if you have any questions, see myself, see Chris, see any of the worship team after, we'd love to talk to you more. And maybe today there's been a, an encouragement to you in this season. Maybe you need a little bit more joy. Maybe you need to go a little bit deeper in your faith. Maybe you need to share Jesus with others. Maybe you need to post and invite people uh, out to hear about the gospel. And we're going to do all of it again on Christmas Eve. But whatever God is speaking to you this week, whatever God is encouraging with you this week, if there's something you have to lay on the altar, if there's something you have to then give it to him. And if we can pray for you with that, or if you want to take any steps further, let us know on your connection card. And we'd love to pray over that with you. And then we want to invite you back for Christmas Eve or Christmas Sunday next week as we continue talking about who God is. So, can we pray together? God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the light of Jesus. Lord, would you in these moments transform our hearts? Would you lead people into a deeper 
relationship with you. Would you take the light of Jesus from our heads to our hearts to our hands? God, so that we can be your light in this world. God, as we go through this Christmas week, help us to celebrate really loudly. Help us to love our family and our friends in a fresh way. Give us peace and joy and kindness and help, it, help us to be able to spread it to others. We thank you, God, for sending your son to save us so that we can feast with you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thanks again for diving into God's word with us. We hope that it spoke to you in a special way. Don't forget to fill out that connection card before you log off. You can go to branchlife.church to find that, or you can just click the link that was shared in your chat. Hey, if this was a blessing to you, it would be a favor to us if you would pass the word along, share it online, tag a friend, or hit the like or subscribe buttons. All of those things just do a, a lot of good, and we would appreciate that very, very much. We hope that you have a great Christmas season, and anytime you want to connect with us, you can find us right back here. So join us next time as we continue on uh, in God's Word.